Hi, guys. Just a second. My name is Roy. I'm 179 centimeter approximately. I have curly brown hair, and I'm wearing black trousers, thank you, black shirt, and a black jacket. And today, fortunately, I don't need to use any mobility aid. I want to talk to you today about something that might be a bit controversial because um, I'm coming here with a very bold claim saying that people with disabilities may have a superpower that employees can use. So let's break it down. But before that, I want to start by telling a bit about myself. I am from Israel originally, and I came to Austria four years ago, and these are my glasses that fell down. I came to Austria four years ago to work for the Ludwig Boltzmann Institute uh, because I had uh, an idea. I thought that every organization that had anything to do with patients, with people that are suffering from chronic illness, they need to hire somebody to be their sort of patient in residence or a chief patient. And this idea actually has uh, kind of exploded and now we see organizations all over the world using it. And I'm here today trying to say the same about people suffering from disability. So, I have a question for you. Do I look disabled? It's yeah, it's okay if you're politically correct afraid to say, but like, is there anything about me that suggests that I'm disabled? No? Thank you, because I know a lot of you are experts in disability and you know that there are invisible disabilities, but thank you. Um, so, by the Israeli law, I'm defined as 100% disabled. Yes. I was um, serving my mandatory army military service um, in Israel, um, and because it was wartime, I was sent almost immediately into battle. It was less than three months of so very rapid training, and I was sent into a front medical unit in the Gaza Strip, where I experienced a series of extreme traumatic events. And in a matter of two months, because I was also a volunteer in the Israeli Red Cross, so even in my only two vacations that I had, I went home, took off the green uniform, put on the white uniform, and ran into the street bombings and terror that we have there. After being exposed in a matter of a few weeks to 12 suicide attacks, two of them, I was the only medic in the scene for the first few minutes, my body reacted in an autoimmune response that was so severe that I was sent to bed and I spent the next seven years in bed, completely disabled. The problem was that I didn't have any diagnosis that will support my being in bed. So I met the ugly side of healthcare and social services because when you don't have a diagnosis, you're being even more gaslighted, ignored. So I spent the next seven years pretty much alone in bed and I didn't receive a lot of help. I was never offered any psychological assistance because mental health was such a taboo back then in Israel. The only doctor that ever suggested me to go to a 
psychologist said that it will be a black mark on my record and I will ever, if I ever want to work for the police or security service, I will be banned. So maybe it's better not to seek attention. So eventually after tough seven years, which I was completely disabled, I was bedridden, I could not shower my, by myself, I could not go to the toilet by myself. Doctors told my parents that I will never walk again, talk again, marry a man or a woman, or ever live any meaningful life, which led me to the darkest night in my life. And I think the only reason that I'm able to stand here today is because eventually, that night, I encounter next to my bed a book that my brother has bought me a few days before, and this book was the only thing that I could do because I was feeling so bad. And when somebody tells you that you have no hope anymore as a disabled person, you're taking it very seriously. So after a very dark night, I've decided to start reading. And luckily enough, this book was a book by a Viennese guy called Viktor Frankl and it's called A Man's Search for Meaning. And I will not try to say it in German, even though I know the name, because it will sound funny. But Dr. Viktor Frankl saved my life back then and helped me help a lot, of, a lot of other lives, or maybe even saved them. Because I realized that taking responsibility over your own condition or situation in life can change not only your own life, but everybody else around you. So I woke up the next morning and I literally started to study medicine from my bed. It took me two years, but I came up with a diagnosis. And the diagnosis was back then so rare that it took me another six months to convince doctor that I actually have this illness. I'm suffering from something called POT syndrome and I see a fellow patient here. We're so rare in Austria, so I'm super happy that we're taking over. Um, luckily for us, POTS can be caused also by long COVID or by the COVID virus. So now we have more interest and more research. But imagine 20 years ago, it was still considered a rare disease and completely debilitating. You need to understand, back then, even if I tried to move my head like this in bed, I would faint. I could not stand for more than 10 seconds. I could not speak for more than five seconds. After this diagnosis, Sorry, after this diagnosis, there was nobody who knew in Israel how to treat me, so I had to come up with my own rehabilitation program. I literally told myself how to walk and talk at the age of 27, leading me to an amazing journey of finding out how can I help other people, founding the Israeli Society for Pots and other things that I'm very proud of. But I'm here today not to be proud in my own achievement, but to tell you what did I learn in my journey that made me realize that people with disabilities might hold this superpower and may be your next best employees. So, I think that first of all, it doesn't matter if you're an entrepreneur or if you're employed, we have really good traits that can help us succeed in any project. Because once you go through this journey, and it doesn't matter if it's self-diagnosis or just going through healthcare and social services or 
being acknowledged as a disabled person, I heard briefly the conversation before me, this is so complicated that you come out from the other side a sort of an expert and you have all the qualifications to be a wonderful entrepreneur or employee. So, let's start. I have a slight delay with my presentation, so sometimes I need to walk slowly and get my blood pressure up before the next slide comes. We have an amazing ability to persevere, and we have hell a lot of endurance. Like, just facing this process of meeting those committees who approve your disability teaches you so much about yourself, and you cannot succeed in this journey without understanding what's ahead of you. I think that we are really, really strong people, and sometimes I don't give myself enough credit for this, but when people sit me with me for the first time and they listen to my life story, they are completely astounded of what did I went through through life in a very short time. And I think that, in general, entrepreneurs or employees that have these traits are super cool people to have in your workplace. I myself had to endure a lot, but I'm not trying to compare any, any other disabilities because it's, it's so complicated and it's not politically correct, but it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter what you have. It matters how you look at it. And what I found funny in my process is that sometimes navigating through healthcare and social services actually made me realize that I'm dealing with this huge bureaucratic ship, so every time now I'm coming across any bureaucratical or uh, corporational-related process or anything that seems complicated to my peers, for me it's like a piece of cake because like, I've been through so much already, and I think that people with disability have a wonderful idea of how to navigate complicated ships. I think it's a cool trait to have. We are very, very adaptable, because you need to manage your energy and to manage your resources in a, in a very different way than other people. So adaptability, I think, it's a good trait to have as, as somebody in the workplace or as, or as an entrepreneur, especially as an entrepreneur, as somebody who failed a few startups, more than I would be able to admit, maybe, I think that the ability to have this vision and endurance and perseverance and adaptability, this is something that can be very, very useful. I think that there is another thing that people don't understand about people that suffer from any chronic condition, which is the management of resources that for us is very, very different. We have to make long and short-term planning in a very different way than other people. There is a theory by an American blogger that is called the spoon theory, which says that spoons are units of energy, and if a person without a chronic illness or disability have, let's say, 100 spoons a day, so I will probably start my day with 10 spoons, and that's it. So everything that I do costs me, like, I don't know, the people who sat next to me watch me a bit move before my 
uh, my talk because I have to plan how do I get up of the chair, how do I get on the stage, because this might cost me a spoon and I cannot afford it. I can start my talk already dizzy or not feeling well, let alone speaking about something complicated as a shower. A shower is a killer. For me, it's like four or five spoons. So imagine this resource management that you have to do and the planning for everything. Think about project management. Think about the ability to think ahead and to deal with resources, with budget, even actual budget. Isn't it wonderful that we can look at it in a more kind of insightful way? I think so. Like, I would love to see more entrepreneurs with chronic illness. Another thing that I saw quite a lot is actually the fact that we have a very, very clear vision to the future. When I'm sitting with friends who have chronic illness and I'm listening to them speak compared to friends who doesn't have chronic illness or suffer from any disability, sometimes I see a difference between the way people see the future and the fact that nothing is taken for granted for me in my life makes me realize that I always need to have some sort of a vision. Sometimes when I speak to people in conferences, they say, how could you go on and start startups and NGOs and do this stuff? And for them, it's something that it's almost impossible. For me, it's just an execution of an idea I have to help other people. And I think a lot of people with disability share this vision. And a vision is always something good to have in an employee or an entrepreneur. I am sometimes not feeling well. Actually, this year, I've been four months completely in bed. And I suffer from something that we might call invisible disability or dynamic disability, as I like to call it. The problem with it is that there is no sign to, to mark to other people that you have it. I'm going to show you what I'm trying to carry with me sometimes. I don't know, have you ever seen this? So it says in German that I have an invisible disability. And at least in the UK, it's quite famous. So when you wear it, people recognize it. But I have every time in Austria the same thing with the control in the train because I have a climate ticket and I have a special climate ticket because I'm disabled. So it means that somebody already checked if I'm disabled. But Nevertheless, I don't know, they're special people, the conductors. They have rentgen eyes because they scan your body checking for a pathology. Like, how come this person is disabled? But the dynamic disability means that I can wake up tomorrow morning and not be able to leave bed. I have months that I need to use a cane. And this is something that really it makes you stronger, but it's also being ignored a lot of time by employers because it's hard, to, it's hard to quantify. Like a woman with endometriosis, she might need a few more vacation days every month, but because we don't have a label for it in a disability, how can we treat it? And this is something that I think we need to change. I think it's about time that we look at ourselves as a bit of a heroes, I think, because we have a sense of hope that I haven't seen in a lot of people. I think that my sense of hope is what 
led me through this journey over and over again. So I got better after this seven years, one year of rehabilitation. I got a bit better. Three years later, I was back in bed for two years, back to rehabilitation hospital. And then six months ago, I got a little cold virus that sent me again to Riha here in Austria. And I think that this superpower of being always hopeful, it's something that I would really want to see more in, in general in employees and in entrepreneurs, not only people with disabilities or not. I think that it's also about time that, like we have patients taking leadership roles in healthcare, maybe it's about time that in terms of inclusion, we also have expert residents working in inclusion, coming for a few months for an organization and helping them understand the true needs. I, I was listening to Miriam before and I said, wow, this is such a great idea that organizations are adopting more and more inclusive methodologies today. But I must say something as a public speaker. I'm doing this sometimes 10 times a month and it was one of the only times that I had an interpreter, that I had to describe myself in a barrier-free way, that this existed, and I have some months that I cannot climb stairs. So we're very far behind in where we need to be. Because eventually, we are equal, but I sometimes feel that organizations look at disabled people as a burden instead of a treasure because everything I mentioned here can be a wonderful set of traits that I would love as a startup founder to hire. And I think it's about time that we look at people with disabilities as experts. We have an amazing ability to learn and to adapt to new situations. I had to learn everything about an illness and I've become an expert in this. So much of an expert that I have organization paying me to give them opinion about drug development, about policy development. And I think we need to look the same way at people with disabilities. I am eventually here despite everything that happened. Despite the fact that people told me there is no way I can survive. I did it because I looked at my illness and I looked at my body and disability like a product. I was my own startup. I wanted to do an exit and to get better. And when you look at yourself as a project, I think it really teaches you a lot about life in general. And before I end, I want to add something. I think that we are qualified to do whatever we want to do. Some policies in some countries are completely against it. In Israel, most of my friends are not working, the friends that have disability, because if they will work, they will lose their pension. So on the other hand, we need to deal with a lot of this, uh, bureaucracy like this, and it makes us kind of discouraged, but on the other hand, it also teaches us, as I said before, to, to deal with such complex processes that it also makes us just better in dealing complicated projects. I am 100% disabled. It doesn't look like this. It sure feels like this. 
I founded more startups that I can count, and I think that I'm already in my eighth project that I, that I founded. I think that I am much more capable today to serve in any job that suits my need than I was before my illness, before I experienced disability. And the actual humbling sensation that I had during this time that I could actually learn to adapt to this dynamic situation just made me so much better. I just want to end by saying that I'm super happy to see so much change in the world already. I've been around the world in the last few months, I've been in like six countries speaking, and I've seen so much change in the direction with inclusion and diversity, and I'm super happy that in Austria it's something that it's really, really taking the front stage, finally. Thank you so much.